Welcome to the Council Podcast, a podcast about life as an in-house lawyer. I'm your host, Mel Scott, Senior Legal Counsel at a global technology company based in Brisbane, Australia. I am passionate about all things in-house and am so excited to share insights, interview key people in our profession and demystify in-house practice. Hello, hello. I am joining you from a podcast studio in Paddington in Brisbane, a new space dedicated for creators called Harness Creation. And here I am. I'm actually taking the pod on the road and I'm using some proper equipment. I'm surrounded by state-of-the-art technology for podcasting. And wow, it sounds fantastic to me already. I want to do a bit of a deep dive on this episode and really, really hit something I've been thinking of a little bit lately. And that's what would I say to myself when I was first new to in-house? That that first month, maybe six weeks of my first in-house role coming from private practice, but also just at any time of your career. What does someone need to know in that crucial time? Because, wow, there's a lot to learn. And it's an entirely different way of practicing to what you might have been used to if you were coming from private practice, or if you're a graduate or an early career lawyer, and this is maybe your first legal gig. Wow, you know, this is the time of massive learning and growth and how exciting. And the reason that this is kind of coming to me now is that I have a new starter in my team who is three weeks in and fantastic, enjoying it from what I can see, having a great time getting to know the business and the clients. But there's a lot to learn. And as I'm training someone and teaching someone new, I'm reminded that, of course, we aren't all just born with the skills. And when we leave university, of course, we don't have the skills. And even if we've practiced in private practice, we just don't have the skills for this new way of practicing. So here are some of my thoughts about what you need to know when you're new to in-house. And firstly, I mean, congratulations, you've come to the lighter side of life, as I like to say, how amazing and how exciting for you. This is going to be quite the adventure. And here's what I wish I would have known. Well, it is an entirely new way of thinking. You are not bringing in revenue anymore. You are a cost center. You need to add value. You won't be the smartest person in the room. You're surrounded by people who are subject matter experts and will be looking to you for advice, of course, but you're not the only person that's opinion is going to be uh, listened to. And sometimes it might actually not be taken on board. The legal advice might say we probably shouldn't do this particular activity or if we do, here are the risks and and why I would suggest otherwise. And the business will very often say, thanks so much, we're going ahead because all business is risk and if you don't take risk, you, you, you don't have a business. So sometimes we need to leave our ego at the door because it's fantastic as us lawyers think we are a whole new ball game when you're in-house. You have a seat at the table, but you are not the only person whose opinion matters. And sometimes I think that can be a shock. 
particularly for senior private practice lawyers who are used to being revered and their opinion being taken as gospel. It's a different world now and uh, yeah, tip number one, leave the ego at the door. I would also say on that point, when we're wanting to add value, we don't get to decide what that means and what that looks like for the client. They decide what value is. Is it timeliness? Is it a very quick answer on the run? Is it actually a really detailed and thorough strategy for how we're going to approach a business problem? And uh, you know that <laughs> that value, that idea, that value proposition is going to change from client to client, department to department, and from month to month. And uh, to, to be flexible and to be agile in the way that you give your legal advice is, is so crucial and important when, when you're first new to that in-house role. Taking those cues from the business on what, what good value, value add looks like to them is going to, to really help. And if you're not sure, I would ask, I would ask, hey, when do you need this by? What does success look like for you in this project? How can I add the most value to you right now? is absolutely the only way to to really get there, to ask the question. You know, the reason why you might have wanted to make the jump to an in-house role is because you may have been very excited about the idea of deep diving into one business, one industry at a time, and really having the chance to, to understand that business, its goals and its strategies inside and out, and to become that... Um, that expert in the industry and the business instead of the private practice model, of course, perhaps advising multiple businesses across multiple industries and not necessarily getting to deep dive into the trends and the current state and the challenges and the opportunities for the industry. And now that you're on the in-house, you know, you get to do it. So this is my second tip. Absolutely get to learn the business read widely, understand what are the trends, the macro trends that are affecting the industry that you operate in. Start to subscribe to newsletters, read books, podcasts, however you like to consume and grow and and bring in new information, start to do it. I remember when I, I joined Megaport, I actually read a book called, uh, it was one of the uh, Four Dummies books and it was Cloud Computing for Dummies. And it, <laughs> I needed that because I was really struggling to understand the fundamental product that we sold because it was very, very bespoke to the networking as a service, cloud computing business and industry. And I, you know, I studied information technology at high school and I know the difference between software and hardware and that uh, computers talk in a language that's made up of zeros and ones. That's kind of about the extent of my knowledge. And to be an effective in-house lawyer in this business, I really needed to understand what we were selling so that I could understand the risk. And the only way I could do that is to deep dive into the materials available and start to learn. Of course, your colleagues will be such a great source of information and hopefully you find that they're really willing to share and to, and to help you grow into the role as well. So I would use them. That kind of leads into 
my next tip, and this is all about the people, your colleagues, your internal clients, if, if you will. Wow, how exciting that you get to work with people and professionals from all walks of life, all disciplines, from, in my, in my experience, accountants to digital marketers, software engineers, customer support specialists, salespeople, account managers. It takes a lot of different people with different skills to come together and make a business. And the fact that now you get to work and learn and collaborate with people who are not just lawyers is awesome. And and for me personally, the best part of my job. I learn so much by working with people who have been trained differently to me. And the way that they think and process information is is often really different. But that keeps it interesting and, and diverse. And I would encourage you as soon as possible to get out into the business and make connections, build rapport, introduce yourself, go up to people in the lunchroom or in the foyer, say, hi, I'm new, I'm Mel from Legal. Oh, welcome, I'm such and such, and then you're off. Building those relationships will be crucial to your success as an in-house lawyer for so many reasons. Not only can you draw on the experience of your colleagues, But you'll be able to hopefully build trust, rapport, and have the business come to legal early, come to your department early in a new project, a new strategy, a new adventure that the business is taking on to get your input. There's nothing worse than legal getting involved halfway through a deal. It can be too late. Or uh, sometimes you have to put the brakes on it and say, we didn't think about the privacy implications, did we? And now we're going to have to start again or rethink the strategy. And it feels like you're the bearer of bad news. But if you were involved early, oh, wow, what a difference that makes. And if you're able to be seen as someone who is helpful and interested in helping the business, not being a department of no or a block, a roadblock, if, if you're known in the business as someone who is strategic and commercial and a business partner, you'll get invited to those meetings and you'll have that seat at the table and you'll get to influence decisions in, in the right way earlier rather than later. And so it goes back to relationships, building trust, building rapport. And it's the, the daily little things that add up, taking the time to get to know people And uh, if that's not something you're super comfortable with, I would really, I would really offer a challenge there that if you want to make the most of your in-house experience and, you know, actually, I guess, be known and and have a successful in-house experience, that's probably going to make or break it for you. Relationships are everything. And if you wanted to stay away and and be hidden from your clients, maybe you would have stayed in private practice. But you're here now, you're on the inside, and they will come up to you at all times of the day, virtually or in the office, knock on the door as such and ask for your help. You can't ignore the email or not pick up the phone. You're there, you're amongst it, you're in the business. But this is what you wanted. So get into it and enjoy. 
Another part of learning the business that's really crucial is the numbers, knowing the numbers. Now, I know that us lawyers don't love an Excel spreadsheet. Don't get me started on Google Sheets. Oh my goodness. But it's so important. We're part of a business. Businesses speak in numbers. And so now we must as well. So what I'm talking about is the, the, the ins and the outs, the profit and the loss. How much are we making as a, as a business and from where? And how much are we spending and to where? What information can I find? You know, if we're publicly listed, let's have a look at the board reports and see what's happening every quarter. Does the business actually uh, announce some things internally and at meetings or otherwise that uh, you can get your teeth into and start to understand what the numbers mean? I cannot stress this enough and it's something I really resisted because I thought, oh, I don't need to know. That's for, that's for seniors. That's for the leadership. I don't need to understand but I, I couldn't have been more wrong, really. How can I say that I'm adding value to the business and that I know the business if I don't really understand the fundamentals of where the money is coming from and where it's going to? And, oh, I just couldn't. So you, you kind of have to get into it, start to get comfortable and, and be open to knowing the numbers. Okay, so obviously a big, big draw for the in-house life is that most likely you won't be billing your time anymore. Say goodbye to the billable hour. Oh my gosh. Yes. How amazing. The best thing. (laughs) Oh, I don't miss that. If you are coming from private practice, it might take you a little while to get out of that headspace. I remember I finished one of my first meetings with a client, a, a colleague, at my first in-house role, and my brain instantly went to, okay, so how do I build that time? What's the code? <laughs> well, and I actually think I, I thought, oh, that was an hour. Yes, that good hour of solid billables there. What? No, it's all billable now in terms of it's all adding value. There's no billable, non-billable You've got to think about business development in a different way as well. Sure, there's no code for business development anymore, but that doesn't mean it's not important. And you might think, well, you know, I've kind of got the monopoly on the legal services around here and my clients can't go out and and procure other lawyers, probably. That doesn't mean that you you have to not think about business development, and, and I guess it goes back to my earlier point around building relationships and trust. It doesn't have to be so strategic, but there's something to be said for booking in regular catch-ups with key business partners, key leaders from the departments that you work with most often, the frequent flyers to the legal department as such, and catch up with them maybe once every two months or once a quarter and ask them how they're going. What they're, what they're dealing with. What are the challenges? How can legal help them better? What's coming up for them? What are they excited about? And having that, that back, and, back and forth uh, on a regular basis in a more formal way as well is so, so important. And it keeps, the, it keeps the notion, again, live for the business that the legal team is there and they're engaged and you'll be front of mind. So my next tip goes to the form of advice that you'll be giving. And the key here is to keep it 
simple. Say it and write it as simply as possible. The business is busy. They don't want pages of advice. They want the answer to the legal question up front at the top as simply as possible. Yes, we can do it if we think about X, Y, and Z. Yes, we can do it if we also do this. Yes, and yes, if. I always try to write my advice in those terms. No, no's. It's all about yes. Yes, and. Absolutely, we can do it. We also have to think about this, this, and this to mitigate certain risks. But again, being as simple and to the point as possible goes to leaving your ego at the door. We, we love to show how smart we are. It's just human nature. Look at all this wonderful thinking I did and look at all the legislation and the regulation. And I even looked at some case law for you and look at all of this wonderful work. How beautiful and fantastic is this piece of advice? No, <laughs> there's no gold stars for thorough and detailed, beautiful legal pros. Not in the in-house space. Most often, we would expect that if that level of advice was required, it would come from an external advisor. And often, the role of the in-house lawyer is then to translate and distill to key points that advice for the business if the external lawyer didn't already do it. And, And one that does is worth their weight in gold, mind you. But keeping it brief and simple and getting to the heart of it is just the business's best friend. And talk about adding value, that's a fantastic way to do it. One thing that Sterling Miller says on his blog, 10 Things You Need to Know for In-House Counsel, is that there will never be enough time, money or people. So you better get used to it. And I think that is such a great point. It's a, you know, it's a reality. You are now a cost centre. Most often, legal departments aren't bringing in revenue for the business. They are on the expense line. And uh, no one really wants to buy more lawyers if they can avoid it. So how can we do things more efficiently? How can we you know, think about process improvements and tools and, and ways of working that, that streamline and remove waste? That will be what makes you a successful in-house lawyer. Looking at a process and thinking in terms of continuous improvement at all times. And if someone says to you, well, this is always the way it's been done, that's a bit of a red flag. Probably means that there's some waste and inefficiency there. And it might be a bit of a project you can take on with fresh eyes to have a look at it and suggest a way of saving some time. Maybe this is something that can be made self-service so that the business can do the NDAs themselves. Maybe this is something that we could bring in a piece of legal tech to manage and automate. It's entirely possible. There's so many cool tools out there. Could talk about that for an entire episode. But there will never be enough time, money or people. So accept that and be creative. Think about ways of getting more for less and drawing out efficiencies in the process of delivering legal advice to the business. I have two last tips. Have fun. 
Seriously, this is an adventure. It's a journey. There's no destination. More than likely, you have planned this career transition. You've probably been thinking about it for a while. You've wanted it. You've made it happen. You've worked on your resume. You've gone out and spoken with recruiters. You've put yourself out there and applied for jobs. You've been through the process. You've drawn on your network. You've done everything and you're here. You made it. You're in. Welcome. How exciting for this next chapter of your career. Enjoy it. Have fun. This is what you wanted. Don't let it pass you by in a a, a race to get to the next thing. Be in the moment and understand that you're learning and you're growing and it's an awesome adventure. My last tip, look, it's a fuzzy one. It's a warm and fuzzy one. But my gosh, if I could say one thing to my younger self, be kind to yourself. This is new. And with all new things, there's going to be an adjustment period. You do not need to know everything. You will not be expected to know everything. You cannot know everything. But while you're learning, you can show up for yourself and be kind to yourself. Give yourself a bit of space to learn, to make mistakes, to grow and to own it and to say to the business, hey, I'm not sure about that. Let me check and I'll get back to you. My gosh, I still say that. I say that on a daily basis. It's impossible for me to know everything about every law in every country that we operate or 24 something of them. (laughs) But I tell you what, I'm going to find out and I'm going to get back to you. And not once has anyone in the business said to me, oh, well, that's not good enough. Why don't you have the encyclopedia in your head? Why don't you have all of the legislation in your head? So I'm sorry, that's what the internet is for, but I'm really good at finding and researching. I'll get back to you. And that's all you need to say. <laughs> Everything is figure outable. You've got the skills. You're here. Have fun. Be kind to yourself. Enjoy your first few weeks as a new in-house lawyer and get in touch. I'd love to hear how you're going and and what what you're experiencing if you're new to in-house. And if you're a bit of a veteran like me, what do you reckon of these tips? Is there anything I've missed? I'm sure there is. This is just one woman's opinion over here, but I mean, I've got the mic, so (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) sprout the gospel according to Mel. I'd love to hear what you think. So reach out to me. LinkedIn's a great way. I'm on Instagram. Send me an email. All of it's in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Council. Please subscribe to the show so that you don't miss future episodes. And while you're there, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review for this podcast. Tell me what you'd love to hear more of and where you are listening from. I'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn, Instagram, or even Clubhouse. Check out the show notes for all of these links.